Time for the Kitchen Garden segment on Real Well Gardener. On the line, I've got Gormantic uh, Garden website founder, Corinne Mossati. How are you today? I'm very well, Marianne. How are you? I'm also well, and it's great to chat with you again because you've always got something really interesting to talk about. And today we're going to be talking about lacto-fermentation, which is, I must say, a bit of a mystery to me, but not to you. You've, you've got some information for us. Yes, there's a lot of information out there about lacto-fermentation, so it's really good idea to just talk about it in simple terms. So what it is, it's a process where you've got natural yeast and bacteria that convert sugars into lactic acid. And this process happens in an environment that is salty and anaerobic, which means it doesn't have any oxygen in it. And that prohibits any undesirable microbes. So lacto-fermentation is a way of preserving food and the name lacto, which sounds like milk, has got nothing to do with milk. It's actually short for lactobacillus, the type of bacteria that's found in the air, on skin, in our gut, in, on plants and edibles and so on. So it's that natural process of converting that into lactic acid and preserving food. So you might be thinking, well, what can I lacto-ferment? Well, you can lacto-ferment most things that you grow in your garden, from your carrots, beetroot, garlic, cucumber, green beans, nasturtium seeds. You can turn those into pseudo-capers using lacto-fermentation. And one of my favorite is uh, to make use of the stalks of the chard if you don't use it in cooking. Instead of discarding it or composting it or adding it to the work, worm farm, you can lacto-ferment those. Now, Corinne, I was just wondering, how different is lacto-fermentation to pickling? Okay, pickling has got vinegar in it. Whereas with lacto-fermentation, all you've got is water and salt. Oh, very different. Okay. Yep. But not just any water and salt here. So your water needs to be non-chlorinated and shouldn't have any fluoride in it. So you would need a filtered water to be used. As for the salt, it needs to be non-iodized. Otherwise, that will inhibit the beneficial bacteria growth. So those two key ingredients are what you need. You also need a fermentation jar, so you can have one with an airlock, like a kilner jar, which is very easy to use. But if you don't have one, you can use a glass jar with a lid and you need to remember to burp that jar every so often, which means just releasing the lid and letting some air out. And you'll also need some weight to submerge your ferment. So these are just the basic things that you need to get you started. But before we do, I just want to talk a little bit about the role of salt in lacto-fermentation because it's a key ingredient. Not only does it stop the food from spoiling, it adds flavor and crunch, and it can be used in two different ways. You can actually rub the salt all over your fruit and or vegetable to make your ferment, so think something like a kimchi. Or you can make a brine and dissolve your carrots or beetroots or whatever it might be in it and start off the lacto-fermentation process. So is there a huge amount of salt to water ratio, or is it one one to one? No, most most of your ferments will need about two percent salt. 
Okay. Solution. Okay. 2% to 3%. But keep in mind, it can go up to 5% because there are vegetables that hold a lot of water, like cucumber, for example. So you'll need a higher salt ratio, probably up to 5% to prevent that dilution. So the best way to remember is one liter of water needs 20 grams of salt. That's your 2% brine. All and right. you can scale it up and down. One litre of water to two, 20 to 20 grams. 20 grams of salt. Yep. Okay. That's, tw- That's your 2% brine. Okay. If it's 3%, then you're going to need 30 grams of salt in one litre of water. Right. Now, is there some kind of, or shall we say, formula or um, a website, or it's probably on your website, of, of how much to use for whichever web, whichever vegetable you're wanting to lacto-ferment? Usually I do the 2% to 3% okay. um, because I find that actually works, you know, the best. I haven't tried cucumbers or anything else that's got a lot of water in it, but that would be the basic rule rather than having a list of if you're doing carrots, you need to use this or, you know, if you're okay. doing green beans, you should use, you know, 2% or 3%. So just keep it flexible with the guideline. All right. Now, I have heard that you are growing some really unusual chilies. So I guess you're going to be lacto-fermenting those. I definitely will be. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, Thai bird's eye chilies, uh, jalapenos, habanero, shishito peppers. I've actually got um, a really beautiful purple one, which is uh, buena mulata chili. So there's a whole mixture in there that I'm harvesting at the moment and saving it so I can do the whole fermented hot sauce okay. and make now, use of the chilli season uh, harvest. I was just wondering, do you have a special technique to germinating those chilli seeds? Because they can be a bit tricky as well. Germination takes a long time, I find. And my little trick is to actually overwinter chilli plants because I find when I do that, then I can get fruit a lot much, much, much better than starting something from seed in the same season. And I'm lucky to have that weather in Sydney where I can do that and it works beautifully. All right. Now, let's talk about those those chilies that you fermented. I guess you were using the 2% solution? That's right. So just quickly run you through the process. First thing that you want to do is get your dry ingredients, so that's your chilies. You can add flavorings like garlic cloves, whole peppercorn, mustard seed, coriander seed. It's really up to you. I wouldn't overcomplicate it. So add your dry ingredients to a sterile fermentation jar. Make your brine, so 2% solution, and add the brine into the jar and make sure that the liquid is covering the solids. That's really important. The next step that you would do is to add the weights on top just to make sure that it doesn't float. So if you don't have like ceramic weights that you could use, you could put in like a really large clean pebble and make sure that the solids stay underneath the water level. Once you've done that, secure the lid on the jar and then put it in a cool place. You're probably looking at two to three weeks during summer to get the fermentation process um, completed, but it will definitely take longer during the winter months. And if you're wondering when is it ready, well, when it starts tasting acidic, that's generally when it's ready. So that's kind of your first step. 
Once that's ready, you will want to drain that brine and reserve it. And then easy, you just grab all your other ingredients and you blitz them in a blender and add one tablespoon of brine and blend again. You can keep adding the brine if you want a really runny sauce, but if you want a thick sauce, just have a look and gauge it as, as it goes. You can also strain the solids, but you really probably want to have a little bit of a chunky sauce in this case. Store it in the fridge because that will slow down the fermentation process. And I find that up to three months is the best time. If you, the quicker you use it, the better, but it would last up to three months in the fridge. Wow, that chilli sauce sounds super easy. It doesn't sound hard at all. The, the term lacto-fermentation is the scariest part of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, I agree. It's actually very simple. The first time that you make it, you'll think, oh, this is really easy. You know, I can, I can lacto-ferment anything now. Absolutely, absolutely. Just one, one other thing. So say you had, I don't know, a dozen chilies. Is that enough or do you need to, or how much if, with, uh, say, a litre of water, which sounds like a lot actually, but maybe 500 ml of water and, and 10 grams of salt, how many chilies, or you just go by filling up the jar as much as yeah. possible? Uh, yeah, I would, I would start off by however many, many chilies that you've got and then fill up the jar, see how much liquid is and then, let you know, if it's even if it's like, you know, 500 mils or 250 yep. mils and then work out 2% from that. Wow, super duper easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm going to have to try this lecto-fermentation because, uh, it, yeah, it's it's not as scary as it sounded in the first place. Thank you so much, Corinne, for sharing your facts and knowledge about lecto-fermentation and making it easy for the rest of us gardeners out there with all this produce that we probably have surplus of anyway and uh, don't know what to do with other than putting it in the freezer. Great. Well, it's been lovely once again chatting with you, Corinne, and thank you so much for joining me on Real World Gardener. Thank you very much, Marianne. Always a pleasure to be on the show with you.